It's time for Confessions of a Serial Salesman. Author, expert sales trainer, and serial entrepreneur Steve Noodleberg wants to help you change your life and your business using his 27 roles for influencers and leaders. This is the Confessions of a Serial Salesman podcast with Steve Noodleberg. Here's Josh Cohen. And welcome inside episode 25. Already this podcast can run a car. Uh, 25 is a magic number in that case. Confessions of a Serial Salesman, the 27 Rules for Influencers and Leaders. And it is not only available in hard copy and hardcover, but also in paperback. And the man behind it all, the man with the plan, Steve Nudelberg, 25, son. As I mentioned, able now to rent a car and even a hotel room, right? I am generally excited about doing this. You should be. The response is usually great, but today... The people love you. Today... I'm excited for you. You're excited for me. On Lots this of Tuesday. changes going on. Yeah. Come on, tell yeah. me. Tell me what's happening here well, at ESPN. For those that don't know, Steve Nudelberg conducts his podcast, this one right here, from our ESPN West Palm Studios along Flagler Drive inside gorgeous Phillips Point Towers. Uh, Today is the all-new lineup of ESPN 106.3 FM and live worldwide on the free ESPN app. And my little radio show that I do with Ken Levick and Dean Thomas, Brian Rowitz, the home team which uh, really launched in September of 99, believe it or not, uh, at another location, moves back to the 3 p.m. start time. So we're back in the afternoon drive, uh, back where we belong, uh, back for the ride home. So thank you for recognizing that. My pleasure. And it reminds me of the movie Goodfellas. Yes. It's one of of our boys got me. Well, no, but remember how that ended, though. That's not so good. Yeah, but remember how that ended. Noodleberg forgot. That's so good. You know, they thought, you know, they for the moment. They thought Tommy DeVito was getting made, and then Tommy showed up and realized there's nobody here. And the last words that he said were, oh, no. And then I need to see you in the other room. And then Tootie shot him in the back of the head. You know who played Tootie in that movie, right? That was Michael Jackson's business manager. I did not know that. Look back at that. That's Michael Jackson. Every week, you startle me with a. Piece of information that I a piece can't of pop do culture anything. that you can't needed to know. <laughs> that you needed to know. Episode twenty-five: Confessions of a Serial Salesman. The podcast. You had the boot cap. You got another thing coming up. You're going to be lecturing here shortly. Oh, United Way. You're a busy great. guy. So yeah, thankfully the event side of the business is great. We'll be doing another event in June in Broward. Uh, June twenty-first will be in Atlanta. Um, it's a world tour. It's a world tour. Starting to you know requests. People are asking, come to my town. Do this, so... Uh, Aren't you ever worried that you're going to teach somebody out there too much that they're going to replace you? You, you know, know, like Brett Favre treated Aaron Rodgers, where he's like, I'm not teaching this guy how to play. I'm not going to take my job. That's a whole nother podcast. Yes, it is. Because I do, I do run into people who my job is to make them better mm-hmm. and ultimately better than me. Right. And so you got to be okay with that. Yeah. That, you, that yes. has to... You have to, you know, have that mindset that I don't want them to be just good enough. Right. I want them to be great. And that's part of your rule, give to get. That's exactly You are right. giving, giving to give is back. always give unconditionally. And, uh, yeah, so that, that's really cool for you to, to bring that up. But so for me, things are great. Yes. I am super excited about the gentleman that's sitting in the seat to my left. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things we decided we would talk about today, which is change for you. Life is changing for you. Change. You're stepping into a new time you know, zone and yes. the, the people who are listening are going to need to change their listening habits. Right. Well, in sales and in business, is there any greater challenge than 
change. Nobody wants to change. People hate People change. are resistant to change. They dislike change. But the only constant in all of existence is the presence of change. The irony thereof. Pat Riley once had a quote. It's in my book. It said, the only thing in life you can count on is change. That's exactly right. So you better learn to embrace it. That's right. And the gentleman to my left, we know each other 30 plus years. Introduce us by all means. Mr. Michael Ralby, welcome to the program. Great to be here. Thank you, Steve. Michael, great to have you with us indeed. Thank you. Congratulations on your 3 p.m. Thank you very much. Yeah, good to get back to where we belong. Financial executive, senior vice president, financial advisor, Morgan Stanley. Uh, we didn't know today. Not so much. <laughs> talk about change. He's actually moved on. He's changed. There's no. That's longer. what we're here to talk about. Well, would you look at that? Just like Can we that. throw somebody under the bus? No, no, because, <laughs> because doesn't that play in perfectly to the concept and topic of change? Perfect. You were that guy at Morgan Stanley. Now you've moved on, made changes. They've made changes. And everybody either had better learn to embrace and move on or not and get left behind. If you don't believe and accept and change, there's no way you can succeed. Well, there's you know, no way The world you can is continue. changing so fast. You know, the idea that you can be who you want to be. Michael has always been this great, innovative thinker, always about creating opportunity. And now he started a new firm, which I am thrilled to be working with him, called The Tenth House. The Tenth House. All right, immediately. Got to know the name. Like the Foo Fighters, I saw them last Thursday in concert. People say, Foo Fighters, that's make-believe, that's nonsense. Foo Fighters were these mysterious UFO objects during World War II that both allied and enemy forces were encountering, and they thought it was the other. It wasn't them. Foo Fighters record on a company called Roswell Records. We know Roswell, the UFO crash situation, 1947. And their publishing company is MJ13, which is apparently Majestic 13, this group put together in the 50s, to study the aerial phenomena. Foo, Foo Fighters actually means that? Foo Fighters means that. I did that. not know Nobody that. knew that. Nobody knew that. God, Foo God. Fighters, that first album, that was all Dave Grohl. He recorded every instrument himself. There was no band. It was just Dave in the year after Cobain had taken his own life. So 10th House, everyone is wondering, the hell does that mean? Where does that come from? What's the story behind it? If you Google the astrology word 10th House, you get to see the co- correlation between the astrology signs and what goes on in the world with business really? and where your social you Remember are. the song, Aquarius, when the moon is in, in the, the seventh. <laughs> yes. So you get to the, the tenth. dawning of the age of Aquarius. <laughs> so if you get to the 10th house, you get to recognize what's going on in your business world and your own personal being. So you're combining the world of business with astrological, cosmic, uh, it, but because you are a believer thereof, I'm assuming. Amen. And look, and we just brought the Foo Fighters and the aerial phenomenon and UFOs. It's all coming together. It's the all only, coming together. The only thing we need is a six pack of beer, and we're like in, you know. I was thinking some acid. If you want to <laughs> put a hit on your eyeball, we have no restrictions on this program. That, that's so. it, this podcast is there's no wheels. Next next week in my locker room, I want in my dressing room. Amen. I want I want acid. Amen. I'm going for acid and mushrooms. There's I came no the wrong week. There's no wheels on this podcast to fall off. There's it, it just Absolutely. hovers as it is. Hovers as it is. But, but so, you know, the, the point of all this, Michael and I know each other 30 plus years. Uh, how we met is sensational. Can I share? Absolutely. So, um, at that point, building a cellular phone company, uh, was starting to build a name in the marketplace. And I get a call from a girl that I dated in high school who has then working for a big financial firm. It says, our firm is interested in buying phones. You should come in here and meet my boss. 
I said, great. Mm -hmm. That was 32 years ago. Wow. I walk in the office in Aventura, Florida, and we have been best friends ever since that day. Is that right? That's Amen. It. We, we, we wound up doing f phone business together, which is the littlest part of what we do. Our families have interacted at you know family events and great stuff. We've had unbelievable business wins. Uh -huh. And unbelievable business failures. Tripped up at the foul line. Tripped <laughs> up at the goal line. That, that happens sometimes. But we change. We create. We continue to work together. Yeah. And, and it's all been Which is, you know, from, genuine. You know, when I talk to people about, they go, wow, you've had this amazing career. And I just made a presentation recently to a group of CEOs. And I started the presentation with, I'm going to go reverse engineer on you guys. And mm -hmm. they go, what are you talking about? I'm going to tell you about my three biggest failures. And they like kind of like looked and they were like, I said, you know what? Because everybody can stand up here and tell you how great they are right. and blow smoke up their own ass. Yeah. I'm going to tell you three doozies. And one of those doozies was the doozy I did with this gentleman back in the day when I'm not going to mention all the names because no. it really doesn't have to. Right. But we had a naming rights partner for what is now called the BB&T Center. Okay. So that arena that was built for hockey in uh, the early mid-90s for the Panthers arrival, which I believe their first season was 95. Is that right, Kevin Vick? Something close. like that? Because that in the second year, they went to the Stanley Cup Finals, which I believe was 96. Okay. So, yeah, the year of the rat. All right. So, for that, that venue, which was being built for hockey and also to be used for concerts and such. And we were given a heads up that uh, the naming partnership was going to be up for grabs. And our firm got hired for a 90 day you know, session to go out, see if we could find the partner. Mm -hmm. Very long story short, we don't have a lot of time, but the firm that Michael was with, he said, I think we might be a candidate for that. Long story, boom, yes, they agreed, everything in place. We were actually driving in two separate cars to celebrate that victory. <laughs> Memphis, Tennessee. In Memphis, in Memphis Tennessee. Tennessee. In Memphis, Tennessee. Well, wait a minute. If, if Memphis, I'm thinking it's got to be FedEx then. It was not FedEx. Okay, it was a good guess on my part. But close. Right. Good, good right. guess. Um, we, <laughs> we, we, <laughs> we're in the car. And I get a call that basically informs me that the deal we thought was agreed to in principle, whatever, was not going to happen. They wound up going with another naming rights partner. Wow. So I text him, uh -huh. called him. I don't even remember. Called him. We were yeah, yeah, they called then. I think we were, we were calling. <clears throat> yeah. And he's like, dude, quit fucking around. You know, this is a big deal. I don't want you to be kidding. I go, I am not kidding. The deal is done. Now, we're in the car with the client. <laughs> when you say done, you don't mean completed. You mean dead. Not happening. Dead. 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 Done. Done. Because there's two ways there's to do it. There's got to be something we can do. There's got to be something we can do. It was one of the craziest nights of my life. It was somebody reaching down and ripping my tonsils out. And the reason why I share it is that we did it together. And that would have torn apart most friendships, definitely most business relationships. Um, but we went on to do tons of business with that client but that night was all about tequila and dancing. recreating, <laughs> recreating <laughs> to the point where I yeah. had to make a presentation to the, the client in the morning. This guy knocks on my door. <laughs> I answer the, well, you tell him. Michael, what happened? Him. I what knock happened? on the door. <laughs> Steve opens the door and this wave of alcohol just <laughs> encompasses me. You can smell it. Or, or I mean, Whoa. literally like a, like a wave, like a, a wave, <laughs> like the flow liquid, like a total <laughs> tsunami. Wave. Tsunami. <laughs> so Steve needed to put on a tie. I said, you got to meet us in about an hour. He turns and says, help me with my tie. I don't know how to do a tie. I don't wear ties. 
You didn't know the tie tie in nineteen ninety four or five. I did not know how to, tie. Five. Did not okay. know how to do it. Right. So we do the tie, we throw it over his head and <laughs> takes it back off, he goes back to bed. So PS Memphis, Tennessee, he's getting ready, comes to meet us about an hour or so later, and he comes walking in and he's like a kid on pe- with peanut butter in his mouth. He's dehydrated so bad that really? the night before. And he goes, Can you believe the hotel didn't have any coffee? What hotel in America doesn't have coffee? Where are you staying? I come, we're staying in a nice hotel. Nice hotel. Like, oh, they ran out of coffee. So, in the like, world? I'm on a bad streak. And, you know, that would definitely yeah. put most people out. You're running a little cold. Point of the story is you got to change. You got to look at your circumstances. It's not always what you want to happen. And we wound up doing lots of great things with that client. You know, created the, a great relationship. That's great. The, yeah. the, you know, and so when, when the, the learning is, you know, today, tomorrow, you never know what's coming. You have to be prepared for the things that you cannot be prepared for. Yeah. Or yeah. you can't prepare for. And, and when you look at major success, I was, um, I, I heard somebody else speak recently and they were talking about all of the companies that we know today as, like Groupon, mm-hmm. well, Groupon started as some other company, mm-hmm. some other idea where they had some tragic flaw, was basically knocked out on the ground, and they used this new word called pivot, which is this really hip word, mm-hmm. but they pivoted to take all the assets and put it together in a way it wasn't put together before, and voila, we got Groupon. Yeah. So a lot of the stories you hear about great success, whether it be salespeople, entrepreneurs, business owners, Michael, how many times have you reinvented yourself? Too many to talk about today. Well, look at the most successful in business, and particularly in entertainment. Um, let's go to the business model of, say, Madonna, who can do a world tour, sold out with 12 minutes of Ticketmaster release, uh, globally sell out 150 shows. The reinvention. Isn't it always about reinvention? Without Isn't it always about reinventing yourself? Isn't that the key to success? So when we talked about change, people are you know locked into their habits, you know, they're stuck. Oh, everyone They is. don't want to move into a place where they're uncomfortable. Right. The listeners that we talked about for your show mm-hmm. will have some discomfort. There will be newness. There'll People be... stay in relationships where they're not happy because they feel a comfort. They'll stay in jobs Bingo. because they know the training and the people they work with and how to park and where to go and how the system works. And they stay there. Change sometimes that you think is going to be good turns out is not. Change that you think you hate turns out to be the best thing for you. But it's coming whether you like it or not. So be prepared for the change that you can't prepare for. Embrace it. Embrace it. Embrace it. How about not put a meaning to it and allow it to occur? One of the things that's been so great about Steve and acknowledge how great and all the things that you've changed and how great things have been going for you, uh, to be able to be a great sounding board for me and all the challenges that I've recently gone through and have gone through over the last 25 years of my career. Nothing ever goes the way we planned it. Mm-hmm. Nothing ever. But the change that we occur, if you don't put a meaning to it and you embrace it and you'll grow from it, we're, we allow ourselves to really get to the next level. Well, you know, we, we look at all these different business models, and I can't think of a business model that's more broke than the financial one. Absolutely. You know, when people, you say broke, explain. Please so it's interesting you use that word, but for me... You know, the the model of, hey, I'm going to be incented to sell you products that I make more money on in, you know, as advice and then package it as advice. That doesn't seem I mean, you can speak more to that. Every aspect of the financial industry right now is broken. Uh, There used to be a day where a manager would stand behind you and then his regional would stand behind him and his national sales would stand behind him and the company would go all the way down. 
the people aspect of the industry is no longer there. There is no more support coming well, from. Well, people are afraid. The, the, you know, everybody wants to CYA, you know, cover your ass. Afraid I mean, to get you know? sued. They're afraid. Yeah. To, I call it the race to zero. Same Everybody's, with doctors. The I mean, race to zero. Yes. Charging less than having to give more. The race to zero. Expound and, upon that, please. Well, Charles, I, 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 Charles, Charles Schwab broke the model 25 years ago when he broke the commission model, and now you do transactions for free. Nobody is willing to pay for somebody's services. The major firms out there are so afraid because they can't compete on price, so they need to create something that they compete. Unfortunately, their value proposition doesn't allow it. Uh, it's a completely busted model, especially when the industry is run by the people who governed it are paid by the people who sell it. <laughs> so it's a corrupt system on top of being broken. All systems broken. So, so they didn't, do they not want it to be fixed? Not as long as shareholders can continue well, to get people, their value. People resist change. You know, why change it? Why, you know, I mean, well, it's so. But there's two reasons why. There could be resistant to change because I'm set in my ways and I'm comfortable and I know it. And in this instance, it almost sounds like what Michael's saying is we don't want to fix it because if we do, it's less money in our pocket. It's not the fear of less money. It is the guarantee of less the money. The guarantee. And, and then that's a reality. Even in my business, in the marketing space, you know, when, you know, we had this successful agency for years, but the reality is it was the same race to zero. People want more. They want it faster. They want it for almost no money. They'll guarantee. You know, I mean, it's the, the world is changing but in that this respect. this is, an, as I call it, an instant gratification nation. Totally. Because of the device in your pocket with more technology than all of what it took to put a man on the moon 49 years ago this July. Uh, we want whatever we want, whenever we want, wherever we want, however we want. People complaining on the airplane that the Wi-Fi is slow. Oh, it's great. Wait a minute. You're at 35,000 feet going 600 (laughs) miles an hour over the Atlantic Ocean, and and your Internet is too slow? My favorite comedian does a whole thing on... Not, you know, we have so much... Who's your favorite comedian? Louis C.K. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. He, He does a whole thing on... Nobody's happy. You know, I know. He goes, we're in a tin can 35,000 feet in the air. Yeah. You know, you can get up, take a dump, and you're in L.A. You know? That's right. <laughs> I know a couple of plants that he used to date. That's why I just oh, I, they... I cringe when you <laughs> mentioned Louis C.K. Very right. <laughs> just I happen to like that particular bit I that understand. he does. Hey. But, but there is so much change, so much innovation that when it serves you, it's great. Uh, the, the reality is, um, I think the, the real takeaway is when people get stuck in a habit, they don't want to get out of that space, you know, and, and so what, what Michael has done, which I admire and I'm thrilled to be part of it, and this is the sales challenge. There's no more real selling going on, even in, you know, in your, you know, in the old space. It wasn't selling. I know you. I like you. I trust you. Whatever you say I'm going to do. And then you had to make some moral decisions about, well, this is broken. How do I handle it? What's going on? What he's doing now is creating opportunities. That's what great business development professionals do. You're creating opportunities. One of them, uh, the guest, uh, the CEO will be our guest in two weeks. He's the CEO of a company called Yip TV, really disruptive mm-hmm. West Palm Beach based company. Right. Um, love the work that I'm doing with them. We've when done you say it. disruptive, tell Michael that, that, that's a buzzword as, now. So Michael's as disruptive as a guest. Yes. Um, former founder and creator of Vonage. Mm-hmm. You've heard of Vonage. Of course. And now has created Yip TV, where they have 65 live television stations, 40 radio stations, 70 first-run movies, a monthly basis, 14.95 a month. Cutting the cord, 
able to stream it on every device you have. And it's embracing the change. Artificial intelligence, the world is changing. People either can get stuck in the past and get very complacent with the world they're in, or they can turn around and they can embrace the change and start to create different things. Look, nobody more blessed in this room. We all feel we have such great opportunities and such great things. This company's doing a lot of really great things, and I'm really happy to be a part of it, and it's been a lot of fun and very challenging, a lot different than anything I've ever done. And that change is very cool. So, so, so disruptive is a buzzword. Yeah, I, I saw a clickbait this morning on some of my show prep uh, for the, the for the radio show we'll do later this afternoon, and it, it was just it was clickbait. But I read the headline. I, of course, I didn't click it, and it said this tiny West Palm Beach company is disrupting a billionaire in a billion dollar industry. And I see disruptive, and by its very nature, that also plays into the theme today of change. Correct. Disruptive says, "Hey, you guys, get out of the way." Like, excuse me, disruptive is at a wedding. When If anyone has any reason why these two should not wed, speak now. That's disruptive. That's a very aggressive marketing buzzword in the year 2018. So I think people can be disruptive. There's certainly ideas and opportunities. That My report card every year, a semester <laughs> in middle, elementary school said disruptive in class. You know, the, the, the idea that I could work anywhere, anytime, uh, on my, you know, on my laptop and, you know, is so was so foreign to me. I was one of those guys that liked the Monday morning sales meeting. I like to look everybody in the face. I like to know what you were doing. How was your weekend? What was, you know, you know, all of that kind of stuff, which is archaic. People who are, you know, I do more virtual cups of coffee than I do actual cups of coffee. Hmm. You know, so those are all in and of itself very disruptive and you know, so Michael and I were talking, and he says, I got an idea. I want to do this. I want to do that. And he was like, but I don't really know. And I go, there's no boundaries anymore. You can basically do whatever you want as long as you do with integrity. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's certain, you know, there's certain, you know, moral things that you yes. want. To, and but, authenticity. And, right. And being genuine. And he's genuine. He is a real connector of people with their, with them in mind. And I've seen it happen. We've done it for years. We've networked together for years no matter what we've done, it's always been... But don't you know, people know, we talk about all the time, don't people know when you're looking out for their best interests? When, when you authentically really care about their best interests, they can tell that, can't they, Michael? Usually. And then they become loyal, don't they? Absolutely. And then they become the best form of your marketing advertising because their word of mouth to their people is, I got a guy, and this guy takes care, guy. and he cares. Having a guy, whether it is your tailor or your dry cleaner or the one that washes your car or the one that fixes your AC... There's no better feeling knowing you got a guy that's looking out for you. Still comes back to people. Always about people. And here's the here's the best part. We've been friendly 32 years. I wouldn't say all of those 32 years were rosy. There were some times that our lives took us in different directions or we didn't necessarily agree on stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what builds the fiber of great friendships and great relationships. And you, like said, people stay in stuff for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Those are the right reasons. Because out of all of that turmoil has come great ideas. That's where change comes from. When there's unrest and there's like, if we were yesing each other to death, mm-hmm. like he said something that he might do at lunch today, and I said, no way, buddy. That's not happening. True story. Fact. And he was like, wow, you know what? Thanks for looking out for my, you know, for me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, listen, I have no, I have no dog in that. Dog you know? in that fight? I don't, you know. Horse what, in what, that race. Right. What, what I have is I know you. 
And I know I see you differently than you might be looking at yourself right now. So, you know, here's the other takeaway is it's okay to have another voice. It's okay to have someone else looking at the chessboard when you're ready to make changes. Change mm-hmm. is hard. Nobody's going to take that away from you. Change is really uncomfortable. But it's okay to have a coach or somebody in the corner, you know, the greatest fighters, you know, they were great. Uh-huh. They have somebody in the corner saying, listen, man, your left is coming down. It's, yeah. you know, lift your left. Yeah. You know? becomes that simple i've said this to people about playing chess you and i are playing chess we're both intently looking at the board and then a nine-year-old comes across looks at the board and goes why don't you guys just do that right because they just see the board differently see things different and and that is a major part of change is allowing it to happen so opposed to worrying about failing right too many people focus on the negative i mean he said to me before thank you for giving me that information, there's other people who go, "Hey, listen, I'm not interested in what you have to say." I, you know, it's you know, and the more I hang out with you know successful business executives, successful entrepreneurs, they they understand that they take in all the information first. Mm-hmm. You know, Warren Stuhl is a great example mm-hmm. who was here. Teach me, teach me, teach me, and then I'll make a decision. But if you don't have all the facts, how do you make change? So you know, I admire you for that. I appreciate because, that because to. <clears throat> Change from something you've done your whole life because the system changed. You know, sometimes it pushes you off the ledge, and that's a good thing. The the circumstances that have brought me to have to make that change, I'm blessed that they did because it's created such an incredible opportunity. And from what you pointed out earlier today about leading off with your three failures or your three losses, falling down and skinning your knee doesn't have to be that you're a failure. You don't have to define it. This isn't the end of the chapter. This is the beginning of the new part of the book. Mm-hmm. Too many people look at it in the negative, like, oh, my God, what's going to happen now? And not the opportunity that the world is my oyster instead of living in an ecosystem that is completely controlled, that doesn't allow things to take place naturally or to be as authentic yeah. as you talk about. Yeah. Has created such a vibrance for me. And I'm blessed to be on this show today. It's exciting to be able to talk about it. It's exciting to see what you guys are doing. What was the word of the day at lunch? You, you used the word? Accrete. Accrete? Accrete. Go, go higher. Do you know that word? Accrete. To go a, higher. I don't know. To, to, I, I, to take I, to another level. Yeah. You knew that? Well, uh, like I, I believe it's Latin in origin, right? Accrete, like aspire. I thought uh, it's what I put my records in that came from peaches. <laughs> oh, no, that's a, a crate. Oh, that's a crate. That's a crate. <laughs> he said peaches. He mentioned peaches. Right. Oh, my goodness. Ken Levicka, can you hit him with a dated reference? Can you hit, please, for the love of God, hit. For those that are listening to this in South Florida, peaches was the deal. Hit Steve Noodleberg with a dated reference, please, Ken. You don't have it, you can't find it. Oh, we got a sound effect. That's on the board. He can't find it. Oh, oh Ken, you're a louse. Uh, there was strawberries, right? There was peaches. There was all these it, yeah. fruit named uh, record chains. So you talk about chains, just laughing, laughing at them. They were a record pl- a place record, to buy record records. Store. Then they were the best place to buy CDs. Uh, no uh, stuff that we use to inhale or not inhale. Oh, <laughs> right. it became the best bong shop. Oh, I didn't know. <laughs> right. Oh, oh I they know were that. right, and then oh. they moved into I think. Some other kind of product, but paraphernalia. You know, yeah. yeah, I mean, totally. it was all about paraphernalia. Yeah. On the subject, the big, big place in Sunrise Boulevard. Yeah, there you go. On, on, the- on the subject of uh, change, and you mentioned a record store. Well, there you go. Uh, the, who more than the record and the music industry has had to change and try to prepare for what they couldn't know to prepare for? My buddy Tony Bon Jovi said to me many times, "Bands used to tour to get away from their families. 
Now they tour so they can feed their families. Wow. And that is the cha- that's the reality of the music so, business. So I know there's a book that Steve and I both have recently read that he relates to and loves a lot. The the subtle art of not giving a fuck. It's yeah, an it's amazing book. book. called but, The Subtle Art of, of not, not Giving, giving Enough was yeah. maybe the best book I've read in recent memory. Great it's, book. It's a, it's a subtle art. So they talk about two guitar players. You brought it to mind uh-huh. because of your friend. Yeah. Um, the guy from Metallica, I don't remember his name. He got fired two days before they went out on tour. They went to do 150 million albums. All right. He went off and broke on his own. He did 25 million albums on his own, and he considered himself to be a failure. Wow. All right? 25 million albums on your own, and he couldn't become happy. Mm. He Where was miserable, all, right? Miserable. Now you go look in the book, and you read about the guy who was the drummer for the Beatles yeah. before Ringo. Is that George fired. Best or somebody? Right. Yeah. And he was grateful that he got fired because he went and had a beautiful life and a gorgeous family, and he didn't care about the money. So what, wow. about, what about change? What about the beauty of where you put it in your heart mm-hmm. and where your mind? The, uh, the takeaway from that book, which is I highly, highly recommend it to anybody listening to this, was that you only have so many F's to give. You know? ah. <laughs> you know? So people give an F about everything. everything. You know, they, give, you know, they give an F about can't that red light. can Wi-Fi. Right, right, right. It's funny Come because on, young, the young people on Instagram and whatnot, they will use the phrase zero F's given, but now they're using the phrase all out of F's. No right. F's left like to enough. give. It's, you know, so they might have given all theirs. Which just is great. Don't care. It really is a fantastic great read. book and, and a great audible. Yes. The, the guy who reads it is not the author. He's very funny. I mean, I have listened to it over again on a plane and have laughed have out loud. Have you notified and, Audible that you want to record some of these books? Yeah, we're uh, we're close. Mr. Not just yours. Mr. I mean, Levicka is is first in goal on getting uh, confessions uh, into the audible world are you, are you first and goal on that first, first and goal, goal baby yeah. well there's a holding place and now it's first he had and this other first priority and goal from the, first he, and goal from the 13th he like had a kid i mean like uh, seriously yeah come on do you think i give an f it's a good kid though. <laughs> a lot of f's uh listen michael Ralby, thank you so much for joining us today thank you for having me 10th house 10th house. aligning with the stars aligning and with he the stars. is the chief creation officer chief creation the cco Yes, it took sir. me a second to make sure I got those letters. Yes. Steve, we don't ask people how they're doing. That's a throwaway term. No one's listening. Nobody cares. People ask me. I say tired. They go, wait, what? I thought you were going to say good. So no, you asked me, so I'm going to tell you. We ask people to tell us something good. So on this conclusion of episode 25, 25, what do you got to tell us something good on? This is. I don't think it even gets better than this, and I think Michael will agree. If you ask him what's really important in his life, he'll tell you about his two boys. My two boys are in town recruiting. When I walked into the studio today, Mr. Levicka said, Twitter is lit up from all of the West Palm Beach high schools that young Noodleberg is in town. So uh, I've got the two boys in town for this whole week. We'll be eating, drinking, um, celebrating Noodleberg. So uh, I'm on another planet. Good on you, my brother. Good on you. Get the book in hard cover. Now in paperback, and remember, uh, we'll do this again for number 26. Yes, we should. We'll do it again for a number 26. Hard to believe we've come this far. Thank you for all you do here. Thank you for all you Congratulations. Why, thank you. Well deserved. Take the market by storm. Uh, God bless. It'll be good to be back where we belong. Sometimes it just feels like home. Three o'clock feels like home. Bam. Until the people say, you suck it out of here. We hate you. It's cocktail time. It, it, it's a cocktail. <laughs> for, Sinatra said, for me, it is right now. <laughs> it will be shortly. Uh, for Steve Nittleberg, Josh Cohen saying thank you for joining us on this episode 25, and we'll see you next time for the Confessions of a Serial Salesman, the podcast. Great.